This episode is brought to you by The Outsider on HBO. Based on Stephen King's best-selling novel, The Outsider follows a seemingly straightforward investigation into the gruesome murder of a young boy when insidious supernatural forces edge its way into the case. Held by critics as undeniably gripping and instantly riveting, The Outsider is Emmy-eligible for Outstanding Drama Series and all other categories. In the wake of the turnover at NBC News, the firing of Today Show host Matt Lauer, and the allegations of misconduct made against him by producer Brooke Nevels, Apple TV's flagship dramatic series, The Morning Show, starring Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, and Steve Carell, becomes a great piece of art imitating life. We're here with the series co-creator and EP, Carrie Aaron, to talk about that and more on Crew Call. So let's talk about the evolution of, of the morning show. Okay. It's very timely, particularly now with the recent departure of NBC News chairman Andy Lack. Um, but walk us through. Did mm-hmm. you shop this around or was did you walk into Apple and they bought Actually, it? Actually, I did not sell it. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the first the first part. Um, Michael Ellenberg sold it for media res. And um, he attached uh, Maurice and and Jen to it as produ- like they he brought it to them. They were super interested in it. They sold it um, together, and Apple uh, Apple won. So that's and then and then they had a, a writer on it originally, and then something wasn't working out with that, and so that's when they came to me. They, they reached out to me at that point. And was it always, I mean, you watch this and you feel it's the Matt Lauer story. You, you mm. feel like you're at NBC when everything was going down at the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Um, was that always the gist of the show or was no, there- No, not at all. <laughs> not, in fact, it, it does involve a, co- a co-anchor getting fired, but aside from that, I didn't. I did not think about like Matt Lauer as a person or like trying to be like, oh, what was that like? Or I, I literally just got in the heads of the characters that I was writing, um, and and that was the story I was telling. It was not in any way meant to be. Um, uh, about an experience that I that I personally witnessed, or about a place that I, you know, it wasn't. It was all. It, it all came from character with me. Okay, um, because it really, I mean, it really hits home. Like you feel like it's, it's weird. I mean, there because there were um, episode eight came out. Um, I wrote that before well before Catch and Kill, and, um, which I still haven't read, but when it came out, um, people who knew the, the episode were like, you're psychic. <laughs> like, you, like there, there, there was a, some sort of like, truth in it that was 
that felt um, true to that situation, but I think it came from just examining the psychology of that that type of uh, situation in a, in a workplace and what that would feel like, you know. But yeah, I don't I don't really have an exciting answer for that because that that is the truth. So, um, when it comes to to drama mm-hmm. in uh, in the news in 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 the uh, broadcast news element, mm-hmm. uh, I as an aside, I worked at a Fox News channel for a minute back in the uh, the mid nineties. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see anything, <laughs> so so um, probably good for you. <laughs> I I remember at the time being there. Mm-hmm. Everybody saying, um, "Oh, broadcast news! Did you see broadcast news?" I'm like, "Of course I did," and they were like, "Oh, that's that's exactly what it's like here. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like." And um, because broadcast news was kind of like, I mean, I know there was network, and there was there was a Sigourney Weaver, excuse me, Sigourney Weaver film before yeah. that, but broadcast news was really kind of like took you in. You saw how anchors worked. You saw how producers worked. You saw how the machine worked. And and then after that was Aaron Sorkin's newsroom. So I was thinking to myself, okay, you've got these kind of two mega benchmarks. Where Mm -hmm. do you go from here? You see, to me, it was logical. You went straight into the fire. Huh. I'm a very non... um, I don't really look at, at... at um film culture too much when i'm starting to think about like creating a world i did look at network i did look at broadcast news um but i really you know it's a different thing because you're when you're when you're creating something you're it's like i don't know how to explain it but it comes from the inside it doesn't come from things you gather from the outside and there was something in me that connected to the story of this woman who is partnered with this guy and gets left there when he is fired. And that, he, that she has this um, very intense, somewhat dysfunctional relationship, but also somewhat very comforting relationship. And that she's kind of the work wife of this guy and that she has to pick up the pieces and make sense of everything and her life and ultimately her own participation in what went down. Um, And that is what I was interested in. And I really didn't care a lot about the other part. And I also didn't really have time to care too much because it was like, I, I got hired in April and it was, you know, I think they were hoping to get to a production, you know, early fall. And that's very fast to not even have a pilot. We did not even have a pilot, you know, so it was, it was really a hit the ground running situation. And I had to really rely on my, um, this instinct of wanting to tell that story and who those people were. And then also the story of, um, two women in high stakes careers and what their relationship was in a way that was real and nuanced and not bullshitty um, or, or fake or, or, you know, I just wanted it to be like uh, as much like the real relationships that I've had um, in my own life, you know, in business with other women. 
that have been meaningful. How was it um, getting Reese and Jennifer on board with that? Because I mean, what you've set up for them is this great, like when I watched the pilot, I, I got to watch the first two episodes um, in a screening room at Newhouse. And it was great when Apple was screening it before the service mm -hmm. was launched. And I absolutely loved it. And Michael knew it. And Michael was there. And um, what's great is that when Jennifer, when, um, when Alex and Bradley, Alex played by Jennifer Aniston, Bradley played by Reese, finally meet up in that interview in the pilot. I mean, I'm, it's like Pacino and De Niro in Heat. And... Um, but can you tell me about that? Building that up, getting them on board, because this is really amazing that you just had to hit the ground running and you had to do something. You had to do it and you had to crack it within about it, six months. So. It was it was amazing. Uh, it was. It was definitely um, a, a huge challenge um, and a stressful one. Um, I mean, the first part of that story, like getting to that interview in the script was, I really felt my way through that script because I didn't even really have time. I thought it would, I thought it would be faster. I kind of knew the basic shape of what I wanted to try. I thought it'd be faster to just go in like and write it as opposed to do the whole outline. So I was really finding it as I was writing and, um, and I appreciated the trust that everyone involved had to to um allow me to just jump into the script but i knew that i was i knew i wanted to structure it sort of like a romantic comedy in the sense that i wanted even if these two women weren't going to meet until this crucial scene at the end i wanted to structure it in a way that it felt like they had to meet so that when they met it had this um this huge importance to it even though we didn't even really know why it was like, and, and so where they were both out psychologically when they met, um, it, it just, it all wove together in that interview. And so, you know, you knew, oh, this is going to be about these two people and this relationship. And, um, you know, that that's, that's sort of the, um, the anchor of it. Um, so that was, that was why I structured it that way. And honestly, when I sat down to write that interview, I had no idea really what was it. Oh, <laughs> I, wow. was, I was completely feeling my way through it as each of them. I was sort of like, she's feeling this when she sits down, she's feeling this and kind of going back and forth, um, shaping it that way. Um, the second part of your question, or maybe it was the first part, but, um, was recent gen and how and about them getting on board and I think that everybody was I think we were all in sync with what feeling and tone we wanted the show to have and they were very supportive of um, what I what I you know came in with uh, and um, that was pretty that was a, I think a pretty simpatico thing I mean as we went on as you know, more scripts existed as we got closer to production. There's definitely um, shaping of characters, you know, and they would feel this and I would feel that and we would get to, you know, uh, a place of working it out. So we were all good with it. But initially I felt like I had a lot of support. I mean, I still feel that way, but yeah, it was, which was unusual, you know. And then, um, cause I'm watching this, I, I, absolutely love it um and i'm like 
what can be said about the people that make our news, their scruples, and the news that comes out? Do we hold them, and this is, this is a question, do we hold them in the same kind of um, standard mm-hmm. that we would hold political leaders mm-hmm. or saints? Mm-hmm. Because obviously they're flawed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is, it is kind of a sacred job to deliver the truth. You know, <laughs> um, I, I agree on that. And yeah. To have people count on you to deliver the truth. And I think that, um, or the truth is as much as you can perceive as anyone can perceive the, 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 the truth, you know, whatever the truth means, but, um, the facts, the facts. So I do think that that is a job that requires a special kind of person. And I, I know the, um, the journalists that I know are very, they're special. They're like, they have a calling. I think, um, I think they're really devoted to, to doing that you know, to, to giving, get, being the person that is there to help um, the world understand things, you know, yeah. it's a hugely important job, you know, yeah. it's, it's huge. And I think that um, everything the press has endured recently is, is really frightening. David, you need to see The Outsider on HBO. It's based on this Stephen King novel. And get this, what begins as a seemingly straightforward investigation into the gruesome murder of a young boy turns into this supernatural case, which leads the seasoned cop and an unorthodox investigator to question everything they believe in. The cast? Sublime. It's got Jason Bateman, Ben Mendelsohn, and Cynthia Erivo. The Outsider is Emmy eligible for Outstanding Drama Series and all other categories. Another interesting thing that you do with the production design, and I was wondering if you could comment on that, and that is, um, yes, of course it's set in New York City, in Manhattan. There's a lot of glass. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. They're surrounded by glass. They're in glass towers. I mean, and in 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 the finale, we've got um, you've got eight, you've got Alex coming down the escalators. Yeah, there's glass behind her. Yeah, and um, she's passing Chip, but there's a lot of glass. There's a lot to me. There seems to be a lot of there's a yes. there's a huge motif with glass. Yes. And I'm wondering if you can expound on that. Is it the well? That that's very much uh, Mimi Leader um, and and uh, her her brilliance. Um, I think the idea I had a I had a feeling about the set that I wanted it to feel enclosed, like a little like labyrinthian, like people were sort of almost like a like a maze. Um, and then she brought this great. Um, concept of um of seeing through glass all the time so it's like are you really connecting what is real really to to it really points up the isolation um which was a huge part of the storytelling to me 
is that all these people are so isolated because they're all on their career tracks and they're all trying to, they all have their own motivations and they're trying to control everything, but they're completely isolated as humans. Um, and she just illustrated that really beautifully. Um, tell us more about the late Lynn Shelton. It feels, I, I mean, everything I'm watching nowadays, um, Little Fires Everywhere, Dickinson, yeah. Morning Show, Lynn, Lynn's fingerprints are all over. What was it? She directed episode four. What is mm -hmm. it about her as a director mm -hmm. uh, when it came to episodic directing? Is there a way that she worked with talent? Mm -hmm. Is there a way that she got certain performances out of talent or took a script and was, was able to say, hey, here's how we point the camera? Can you expound yeah. on her? Yeah, I mean, Lynn um, was one of the most just really lovely and charming people I've ever worked with. Uh, she was, she was really beloved on our set. Um, the talent absolutely adored her. And I think she was very, very good with talent. And I think um, part of that is, you know, having a sensitivity and part of it is knowing what she wanted. And she was really strong that way. Um, and that she, she, you know, she made the workday seem very, um, what is the word? Like there was a practical side to her that I think everyone appreciates, you know, because those are long days. And I think that she knew what she wanted. She knew what setup she needed. She knew, So she, she was just a very, um, she was very skilled uh, at, at what she was doing. And I think had a lot of confidence and a lot of natural charm um, and intelligence and was just everybody was crazy about her I and mean, it was really just heartbreaking because she's just such a lovely person now this was the um the flagship the flagship show that um that launched apple tv yeah and i'm curious you know everyone usually in this in this um hbo netflix world the mm -hmm. notion is that uh, you know, when it comes to working with creative executives, oh, they're hands off. They let us do our thing. Mm -hmm. And um, is that true? Was was that true for you? Did they leave you? It actually was. Yeah. No, and, yeah. They, they were, I, I feel like, I mean, for one thing, it's a very complicated show to run and organize just in the sense that there are a lot of voices. Um, and I feel like Apple was very conscientious that, you know, that was, a, that was a hard role as it was. Um, and I think that they really were just really from day one were, were incredibly supportive. Um, and, and really, yeah, they really honored that they, they were not intrusive at all with me. And then season two have, have you shot season two yet or <laughs> we shot a week and a half? I think we really? get two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But have, did with given our time during COVID-19, mm -hmm. were you able to hammer out the rest of the season or did you already have your scripts locked? No, we did not. Um, and I am working on it. I'm, I'm working like I'm working seven days a week, which is my normal pattern. <laughs> but I, I, I don't even slow down during a quarantine. But um, yeah, so I mean, it's actually, it is a really good time to be able to write because there's just, there's not other, 
I mean, aside from the last two weeks, it's like, it's like, what are you going to do? It's like, you're, you're here and I can write, I can, you know, that's like the thing I can do that I can keep pushing forward. So it's been a good time for writing actually, and, and pretty fertile. Can you tease for us anything about the season two setup? It will it deal immediately with the post Mitch uh, scenario or will it, it be a, a whole new kind of arena for, for the morning show? Uh, I'm very bad at teasing um, this kind of teasing, <laughs> but um, it's uh yeah, it's kind of both of those. I mean, it definitely, it does not, it does not dismiss or let go of any of the stories we told in season one. It, it's a continuation of that, but it's not a continuation of that particular story. But um, I, I take characters so seriously that like once they've been through something or experienced something, it's impossible to and I think all writers do this. It's impossible to think of, like, you can't discount that from who they are. And then that becomes part of the story, you know, but uh, no, it's new. I mean, there's definitely new arenas and new, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the after the afterworld <laughs> and what that looks like. The, um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about, you know, when the, the show first came out, I thought, that there was a really unfair uh, treatment uh, from the critics. Mm. What was it? What was you, I mean, what, what was, I mean, I see this, I, I, I report on box office extensively and I see this all the time, like in Rotten Tomatoes, like yeah. a, a couple of key critics will be against something. And then all yeah. of a sudden there's a Rat Pack situation. And here yeah. we had a very brilliant, we have a very brilliant show about, Time's up about me too. Um, whether you intended it or not, it, it 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 echoes to me everything that went down at NBC News with with Matt Lauer and Andy Lack, and um, and then, but what was it? Do you think it was, I don't know, something like an unfair? It, it's because it was Apple trying something new. I honestly don't know. I really don't know. I, I know it was it was devastating. Um, yeah. Definitely was not expecting it. Um, maybe because they didn't have all the episodes, you know, they just saw the first three. That could be part of it because it didn't give enough of a <clears throat> of a you know overall scope of what the series was was doing. Um, maybe some Apple. Who knows? You know. I mean, it's always a good question, I suppose. Like, do we need another streaming service? I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> but, but that's like a separate, I would hope that would be a separate conversation from my review. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, who knows? I mean, people see what they see in things. And, you know, um, I didn't understand. None of us understood it. None of us. We were all, we were all really um, shocked. Going back to um, shooting season two, uh, you know, there's this great scene in, um, I believe it's the finale, where, um, where Chip, after he's let go, falls into the sea of people. Oh, on the yeah. Street. Yeah. Excellent. 
Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect. New York. Yeah. Uh, just, just great. Really great shot. Could in this COVID situation now, All right. is it going to be, are you rethinking things like that? Like oh. and, and, everybody is. Yes. But like, it's, is it's, it now digital is, is the answer. We got to do that. Okay. Whatever he's going to be we, on the sh- yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it is going to be part partly that, and I, we're all figuring it out. We're, I mean, we're we, we're talking about it constantly about how to um, do production safely and you know tell stories where you're not just adjusting the story to two people in a room that don't touch. You know, it's like um, everybody is working on it because uh, we all want to figure it out. But I do think some of that is going to have to become. Um, smoke and mirrors, yeah. And then uh, in closing, um, for aspiring, uh, tell you know, aspiring episodic uh, episodic uh, writers, yeah. Do you have any advice? Is um, about yeah. how to get into the news, uh, how to get into the writers' room, or I mean, or, I feel like right now, everybody I know, certainly who I've hired or who I've helped like get their material to someone who is and the person is now working boy it really is it is so it's like one person a friend gave me their script and they they just knew them because they knew their wife um there's people who've come to me for who I've you know I've hired for um writer's assistant positions who have promoted um there's so many different avenues and, and I, there really isn't, there really isn't one way. And, and I know they're all hard. That's the thing is like, I know it seems like impossible. Um, and I remember that feeling. And I guess I would, I would just say to like, just try to like listen to whatever it is in you that is telling you that you are a writer and that you need to write. And just don't take anything else personally. Don't take any rejection personally. Don't just like stay, stay connected with your self and just keep pushing through and just keep pushing. Just test every possible opening you can pot, you know, the, anything you can find because it really is at the end of the day, this is a business of connections. Um, even just getting, um, gosh, just even getting hired to be a PA in an agency, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I know I don't know the the way all people are hired for different jobs in the business, but I do know that every script I've ever gotten has either been from an agent or a connection. Every script I've ever been asked to read, well, like, can you read this person and help them? A couple people online I've, I have reached out to me, and that actually, you know, if you catch someone in the right mood, that can work. <laughs> I have a very good friend in um, England now that I met that way who was a writer. Um, so I guess, I guess I don't have any concrete advice, you know, I really don't. It's a, it's a tough thing to get into, but, um, it's, I think, you know, things that that's competitive business and you, you got to know that going in. There's the old rule of thumb. Let me know if this is still true, where if you're in love with a show, don't write an episode for that show. Yeah. Because think, yeah. Then the writers would just those writers will then jump all over 
uh, and say, no, no, we'd never do that. No, no, yeah. there's no way. There's no way we would ever do this with any of the characters. I think that that's still still true. I think I think now though, more people like when I read a new writer, I want to read something completely original, even mm-hmm. if it's a short story, if it's a play. I read a lot of plays. Um, a lot of playwrights have broken in uh, through writing, you know, through theater. Um, that's actually another, you know, way to, to break in and to get your work seen. Um, but I think people are more, everyone I know that hires writers wants to read something that is purely original of the, of, from that person. Kind of see what they're made of, you know. Carrie Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you oh, for joining pleasure. us today. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro, and our podcast series has been produced by David Janov. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.